Good morning, Camp CC. Good morning. It is so good to be here in Camarillo. Uh, my wife and I, we love this city. We actually met here. We got married here in the city. Our twin boys were born here. I got to cut uh, my teeth in ministry in this very city. So our hearts always yearn for the gospel to be proclaimed uh, in a great way here in Camarillo. And uh, I, I'm thankful to say this. I am so thankful for what the Lord is doing through this church. And uh, it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, that's worth it, that, absolutely. <laughs> worth more applause than I am for sure. Uh, I'm so thankful that uh, Pastor David invited me to preach. Uh, it's a privilege for me uh, to call him a brother and he is a constant encouragement to me. My wife, whenever I go to hang out with your pastor, uh, my wife says I'm gonna go meet with my man crush. So uh, that's, that's just the way I feel about your pastor. He's a great encouragement to me and uh, I am thankful for him. Why don't you uh, take out your Bibles, open up to Galatians chapter 5. We're in a series uh, that you guys call Galatia, and uh, we're preaching through chapter by chapter and verse by verse this text. As you open there, um, some of you will remember this. It was 1974 when America was shocked that, the, uh, that a, a woman named Patty Hearst, the heir of the Hearst family fortune, like Hearst Castle, right? You know who I'm talking about here. The all of America was shocked when Patty was abducted and kidnapped by a far left-wing terrorist group, the Symbionese Liberation Army. And all of America was in a pause as they were looking for her, as they were trying to find her. And after a short time of captivity, America was even more shocked when she was caught on security camera footage assisting her captors robbing a bank, carrying a machine gun. There's something inside of us, something sick and gross, that love going back to our captors, that just enjoys this returning back to you. You see it all throughout scripture, right? Israel gets freed uh, from their slavery to Egypt in an amazing act of God, like plagues, uh, uh, opening the Red Sea, splitting that Red Sea. God brings them uh, to the wilderness. He's bringing them uh, to his presence at Mount Sinai, and they all the, the whole way along, they're complaining, I want to go back to where? Egypt. I want to go back to Egypt. Oh, it was so much better there. It's, it's, there's something inside us that likes to go back to the things that used to hold us captive. And as incredible as it is, you and I, they call it Stockholm Syndrome, actually. You and I spiritually do the same thing. That's why Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. See, there's something inside of our hearts and something sick inside of our souls that, that we enjoy going back to the things that used to hold us captive. But our slavery isn't to a left-wing terrorist group. It's not to Egypt. We weren't slaves to Egypt. The slavery that we long to return to is this slavery to the law and to legalism to the law. Or as Christians, we've got to fight this desire to go back to being slaves to the law. We call it legalism. And that's what the slavery Paul is talking about in Galatians chapter 5. Legalism is simply this. Legalism says, God loves me because I obey him. Okay? 
Legalism is simply that. If you're taking notes today, jot that down. Legalism says, God loves me because I obey him. We want to believe this even though we know it's a lie. Our heart desires to bring us into uh, obedience to this idea. God loves me because I obey him. And it's a sick, disgusting thing uh, for us. So this legalism shows up uh, in the Bible many ways. Uh, And the first way it shows up, legalism shows up in the way we believe we're saved. Some people believe uh, that, and this is all throughout the world, every other religion except for Christianity says that uh, I get saved because of my obedience. I am saved by God because I'm obedient. That's contrary to the gospel. We know that, right? We know that as Protestant Christians, we know that there was nothing that we could do to earn our salvation. There was, we couldn't be good enough. We couldn't obey enough laws. We aren't moral enough. We are sinners in need of a savior. And by acknowledging that fact, believing in the Lord Jesus and following him as Lord, turning away from our sins, we are saved by grace, not through works, right? We know that, right? We know that, we get that, that's the gospel that we believe. But there's another way legalism shows up in the Bible. There's a legalism that we suffer from as Christians, and I think it's what the Galatians were suffering from in Galatians chapter five. It's a legalism that says, I keep God loving me because of my obedience. I keep God loving me because of my obedience. Look, it's easy for us, once we've become saved... Uh, to get in this mentality where, wow, uh, uh, you know, I don't see bad movies, I don't cuss, I, I read my Bible, I go to church, therefore God loves me. He loves me more when I obey, and the reverse is also what we believe. He loves me less when I disobey. And it's a sad tragedy that this lie, our heart tries to go back to this lie because it's so dangerous for our souls. That's exactly what was happening in Galatia, okay? Uh, you guys know this. Some Jews came to this young church that Paul had preached the gospel to, and these Jews came and they said, you know what? You're not really a good Christian. You're not really doing it right unless you go get circumcised, Let's you go get circumcised. Circumcision, you guys know because you've been uh, preaching through this series. It's shown up before in the book. Uh, Circumcision is that outward sign of that inward reality that the people of God as Israel are separate from the world and they belong to the Lord. Uh, If you need any more detail than that, go ask Pastor David after service, okay? Okay, that's that's just, that's what circumcision is. Um, And so these Jews came and said, hey, you're not really a Christian, you're not really uh, walking with God. God really can't love you unless you get circumcised like us. Now you might think, okay, circumcision, yeah, that, like, well, that's weird. But we struggle with the same temptation towards legalism today. It's a struggle we face every day. Because as Christians, how many of you guys have been Christians longer than 10 years? 10 years, arms up, 10 years, what? That's amazing. Okay, uh, 20, 20, 30. Okay, I won't ask any more. I won't embarrass you. (laughs) That's amazing. That's an amazing act of God's grace. So so for some of you, it's a little bit harder to remember uh, those first days when you first came to grips with the fact that you're a sinner, 
Maybe you had bottomed out in life or maybe by God's grace he just revealed to you that every day was bottoming out because of the sin that was present in your life and you came to see your need to follow after Jesus, to believe in him as Savior and follow him as Lord. And what ensued was probably six months of just floating on cloud nine. You were like, oh, remember that? Remember how amazing it was to be saved by grace? Can I get an amen here? Amen. Those, those first six months to a year, you were like so excited and you were just, I'm going to heaven. God loves me. He sent his son to die for me. And you're just walking around shocked and amazed. Sin is just melting off of you. And the people who are around watching the transition are just like, who is this guy? Right? You remember that? What happens is after that initial period of six months to a year, then you, you see sin shut up in, in your life. And you're like, wait, I thought I was done with that. And then you engage in this battle to grow in Christ, it's a war, it's a fight to follow after God. But what happens is, over years, after significant effort in God's grace, you've kind of eliminated a lot of the obvious external things that you were supposed to get rid of, of sin in your life, those selfish, sinful, destructive behaviors from your life, and, and you look like, externally, what a lot of people would call a good Christian. And here's where the legalism likes to slip in. Here's where our heart gets pulled to go back to that previous chapter. Because what we like to do what, at that point, what we want to do is just phone it in. Forget it, I'm good. I'm just gonna start following rules. And your Christianity becomes following a list of things that you do on a regular basis. I go to church, I read my Bible, I pray as often as I can, and I'm trying to be uh, nicer than most of the people around me actually deserve, right? That's, that's kind of, that's what our Christianity becomes. Now, these are all good things that Christians are commanded to do. But instead of doing them because God loves us, we start believing that he loves us because we do them. And we get stuck on checklist, performance. We get stuck in this going through the motions type of Christianity that is stuck dragging our feet in obedience, trying to make God loves us, God love us more than he already does. And it is you who struggle with that that need this constant reminder of the gospel that God sent his only son to die for your sins, to live a righteous life on your behalf, that through faith you might be saved by grace alone. And that God can't love you more than he already does in his son. And this reminder is the launching pad for what we call the Christian life. And some of us have forgotten that. So that's why Paul writes to the Galatians. He says, don't go back to that slavery. Don't submit again to that yoke. Stand firm in the gospel. Don't let legalism steal your joy-filled freedom as a child of God, a recipient of grace. Stop trying to earn his love. Just realize and sit in the fact that you already have it through Jesus Christ. The difference is life-giving. The difference is life-giving. That's why uh, Paul is telling us in the, our text, verses 2 through 12, he's telling us how to remain free from legalism. Okay, if you're taking notes today, jot that down, put that in your phone. How to remain free uh, from legalism. How to remain free from slavery to legalism. Look at verse uh, 2 through 
6. Look, I, Paul, the Pharisee of Pharisees, as according to the law, blameless, I, Paul, this guy, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that if that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. This is point number one on your outline. How to remain free from slavery to legalism is this. Realize legalism does not work. Legalism does not work. It's, I, I believe the Lord has brought you here this morning to hear this legalism that you've committed, that you are dedicated to, this going through the motions, it doesn't work. I believe legalism is the most ignorant, unintelligent, idiotic, idiotic activity of humanity. And Paul uses four phrases in verses three and four to describe the, this fact that legalism doesn't work. Look at the first uh, phrase. He talks about how um, Christ, if, if you accept circumcision, Christ will be no advantage to you. The word for advantage there in the Greek, it means no value. He's not profiting you anything. He's not useful to you. He's not helpful for you. You've, you've removed yourself from him. The second phrase there, I, I want to spend some time on. It says, um, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision, he is obligated to keep the whole law. Now, this is an interesting point. I, I think all of us need to understand. Okay? You can't pick and choose which laws you're going to follow and which ones you're going to not. It's either the whole thing or it's nothing. Right? You're not a good driver just because you obey the speed limit if you're blowing through stop signs and red lights time and time again, right? We know that. You're also not a good citizen just because you vote if you're not paying your taxes. You can't just pick and choose what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. That's, that's not how it works. And it's the same thing with the law. See, with the, the Jews that had come and preached a, a false gospel to the, to the Galatians believed that they, they, it's the one thing. It's circumcision. The rest of the law doesn't matter. It, it's just circumcision. And you've got to do this circumcision thing. Otherwise, man... You, God doesn't love you as much as he loves me. That's what they were preaching. But what Paul is telling the Galatians is, hey man, if you're gonna believe that God loves you more when you obey the law, you gotta obey the whole thing. And when we talk about the law, it's easy to, to, to misunderstand what we're talking, to, talking about. How many of you have actually read the law? Read the Old Testament law? Okay, a few of you. How many of you, uh, let's do this. How many of you have started the Read the Bible in a Year program? Good Christians, raise your hand, right? Good. Okay, how many of you have finished the Read the Bible in a Year program? Hand, yeah, uh, praise God for that, that's awesome. For the rest of you, I totally understand. Been there, done that, okay? I, I think what happens is, we, uh, it's January, and we're like, man, I'm doing this. And so you jump into Genesis, and you're like, these are some great stories. I love this. This is awesome. I'm familiar with this. Every once in a while, you're like, oh, that's weird, but you just go over that. <laughs> and then you get into Exodus, and all these childhood stories that you remember if you were raised in the church, and, and plagues, and uh, Exodus, and 
parting of the Red Sea, uh, Ten Commandments, and you're like, this is amazing. And then you, you get, you're like, what is this stuff? Right? How many of you got there? What is this? It's what to do with your cattle if they break out of the fence. Right? And, and what to do with your daughter if she has premarital sex. And then you read a little bit further, and it's how long the curtains of the tabernacle need to be in the Old Testament. And you're like, what? What is this? So then if you're really disciplined, you get through Exodus, and then you jump into Leviticus, and you realize that the entire book of Leviticus is more measurements of curtains and how the sacrificial is supposed to be run. It's a system. Now, this is the law. That's the law. And, and by the time you get to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is literally just second reading of the law. And you're like, what is it? Here, here's the deal. For us as Christians, you're supposed to read the law and be like, wow, this is so much and it's so hard. That's the point of the law. That's the Old Testament law. But what the, what the Jews had done who were preaching this false gospel to the Galatians, they just cherry-picked one thing, circumcision. You notice how that's how legalism usually works? The people who are legalists, us, we usually pick the thing that's super easy for us. Right? Super easy for us. It comes naturally. It's one of our strengths. And then we judge everybody else because you don't do what I do. How simple for Jewish men 